0: Welcome back to the Flow State Performance Podcast. This is Jura Taylor, your host. I'm also the founder of Flow State, which I guess is the mothership of this podcast. And Flow State is a global flow agency. We help leaders and organisations exist in states of flow, and we nourish an ecosystem of organisations that are optimising for the emergence of purpose and potential. This week on the podcast, I got a very special guest. He's a friend of mine, a brother on a very similar mission to myself. Um, his name is Matt Belair. He's the author of an amazing book called the Zen athlete. He's uh, also a coach, a podcaster himself, and he's on a mission to, um, explore and connect with the most conscious awakened beings who are in service to humanity. Um, he's doing some great work. He really explores that um, some fascinating rabbit holes. Um, I love connecting with him. He's an awesome human being. And today on this podcast, um, <laughs> I have a feeling that we're going to explore some areas around uh, peak performance, around dealing with fear, around uh, training our mind, um, training ourselves to thrive in challenging situations. And beyond that, I feel like we're probably going to explore down some esoteric uh, rabbit holes that have to do with connection with source and how to uh, basically develop higher levels of consciousness. Um, Please enjoy this podcast and remember to check us out at flowstate.co. Welcome to the Flow State Performance Podcast. I'm here with my good buddy and my friend, Matt Belay. Welcome to the show, Matt. What's up, brother? So good to see you. So good to see you, brother. Um, Tell us where in this
1: physical reality you find yourself right now as you draw this breath uh, right now, currently in maine i 'm actually apprenticing and studying with a Native American elder <laughs> uh, doing some uh, pretty intense training and yeah, man, just just out here on the east coast
0: nice brother okay we 're definitely going to pick up that thread of diving into what training with a Native American elder is all about um, first of all. If you could just share a bit of an introduction, how do you? what are some of the the labels that you choose to wear and some of the ways that you choose to describe yourself and the work that you do, brother?
1: Oh, yeah, sure. It's funny when you say labels because the first thing that comes to mind is like sh- shunning all the labels, like human being. And uh, if somebody were to label me like a kind human being. Um, <laughs> but some of the things that I've done in my life, I've always been a martial artist and uh, an explorer uh of the planet i would say i'm an explorer and Mm. a martial artist and an athlete a coach podcast host you know those Mm -hmm. are some of the things that i do um yeah does that is that nice bro yeah that that, (laughs) that, that helps and i'll
0: reflect i'll reflect back to you or back to the audience so that they can have a sense of of how matt shows up i guess um which which i guess often gives us the the best indication of what this human being is all about. So for me, brother, you, you you represent walking the talk and living your truth. And for sure, you embody that explorer vibe. You're, you're definitely a, a, a searcher of truth and, and higher wisdom. So I honor you for that. And uh, you're also just a crazy fun guy to hang around with. And um, you go into whatever you're going into with full commitment and that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today. Some of this, some of the athletic pursuits, some of the esoteric pursuits um, that you have explored, and how have, and how you have blended uh, all of this into a, into the life that you live, and to into ways in which you can help other human beings live more conscious and fulfilling lives. So that's the way I see you, man. Um, does that does that align in any way, shape, or form to how you see yourself?
1: Oh yeah, man! Thanks. It's such a dude. I I have such a deep respect for you too. I know that when we met at uh, Daniel's birthday party, it was just an instant, you know, recognition and and brothership. And you have such a beautiful humility and heart too. So I, I appreciate those kind words, man. Feels yeah, same. man.
0: Cool. Let's dive into it, man. So um, first of all, let's ex- let's let's just let's just bring to the collective awareness uh, your podcast, um, the Matt Belair Show. Is that how, what we're calling it? The Matt yeah, I call
1: it the Matt Belair show. It's like master mind, body, spirit cool. tagline, I guess.
0: <laughs> cool. So, so if there's anybody out there who's, who's listening to this, and uh, me, me and Matt have a lot of shared interests for sure, uh, but Matt is, is a, a much more like overt in terms of his diving down of uh, rabbit holes that um, lie beyond the conditioned framework of, of perceiving the universe and life itself. Um, another shorthand way of saying that is, uh, <laughs> you get some interesting cats on your show, bro. And you jump into some interesting rabbit holes, man. And if you're interested in things like extraterrestrials, if you're interested in like the true significance of the pyramids, if you're interested in some of the wisdom that, um, uh, emerges from ancient civilizations then you've got to listen to Matt show he's um interviewing some absolute thought leaders um and masters in 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 these realms and more and and more generally mind body spirit mastery um so I'd just like to uh I guess give a shout out and honor you for doing the work that you're doing and you're putting out something like three or four podcasts a week how many episodes have you got out there now man?
1: Yeah, I think I got a hundred and sixty-two, like one hundred and seventy-one recorded. And interestingly enough, so you know, for for the podcast, man, like my intention is to interview the most conscious, awakened, wise, intelligent people of service to humanity. Um, so I like to explore, you know, what interests me. I want to know what I what I'm capable of, what humans are capable of, and the friggin' truth. And interestingly enough, Robert Grant, who's a friend of mine, I just went to Egypt with uh, when I was in Egypt with Nassim Harami and the Resident Science Foundation, um, my friend Robert Grant um, just went to Egypt when he, when he was there, he made these m- major mathematical breakthroughs. I didn't understand what the hell he said. I did his course etymology and number on resonance science foundation, maybe 5% of that crap went in, but he went to Egypt on his, on his own and made a huge breakthrough and released it. And so these mathematics and these people are finding like really brilliant people are starting to find scientifically proof of things like extraterrestrials dimensions altered consciousness they're experiencing them in a way and and it's kind of linking up in a scientific way and and the challenge is there's so much nonsense out there right so you know i don't know if i know the truth but i'm seeking the leaders who know and robert grant um you know was definitely a mind blower linking up mathematics with the possible uh, pyramid builders and that was last week Thank you, man, for
0: exploring exploring these these places man i think I think that this is this is a frontier um, yeah this is this is where we're at as a, as a species, and it's 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 awesome that you're that you found yourself exploring these areas because of your own interests, because of living your own truth. Let's explore how you got to that place, man. so I want to know a little bit more about. This is great because I get to I get to selfishly explore things that I want to explore in, in a way that helps the listeners explore as well. So I want to know about your something something uh, some belief systems or some themes that uh, that came strongly through your childhood, your upbringing, um, that have uh, shaped your life in some in some shape or form.
1: Yeah, it's a really good question, um, and you know, really, it's like for me, I want to be on the leading edge of consciousness and truth and reality for whatever that is for myself. And if my belief in what I think is true, isn't, and somebody can offer me another perspective, that's more empowering, that has more awareness, but I have to drop an old belief. That's okay. Um, But my, you know, my pursuit always, I always thought that I was normal and only um, well, normal enough, but was until like high school then I really started to realize that I was different and then being interviewed on podcasts I realized even more so and so one of those when I break it down what the difference was it was um, I really believed in human potential I believed in my own potential and I really wanted to explore consciousness and everybody was around like you know you go to school and it's very left brain thinking. And I was very much right brain thinking because I grew up a martial artist. I was already meditating at a very young age, exploring like, Hey, how do I break bricks with my hand? What can this body do? Um, you know, researching meditation, lucid dreaming, astral projection in my teens. And so these are other forms of, of consciousness. And so really for me, it was just like, okay, what am I capable of? I know I'm capable of anything. I, you know, it might be hard, uh, but I know I'm capable of that. And two, like, how can I give back? And I think those are very fundamental things that we don't have that that same operating. So, you, you know, we're conditioned to say, "What can I take?" But I was like, "How can I help?" And I think from those two just fundamental perspectives of realizing that uh, you are capable of whatever you can design and desire in your life, and um, that if you think about what, who you are as a way of giving back to other people that that's a game changer because most people don't live with those, those fundamental understandings. But as far as, um, you know, practical ways to achieve a goal, you know, I've got that all day every day because I've been studying, you know, peak performance and and sport and, you know, martial arts, snowboarding, skateboarding, um, things like that. And and there's very simple systems to achieve those things.
0: Interesting, man. So, so what,
1: when did you start uh, practicing martial arts when you were a kid? Probably like four or five. My dad was training me. I got like these pictures of like a red bandana and stuff like that yeah. doing splits. So yeah, pretty pretty young, maybe even younger.
0: Nice, Brian. And what is it about martial arts that offered you a interesting pers- pers- perspective on life? Like, what, what what are some of like the the nuggets or the continuing areas of self exploration that have emerged through your martial
1: arts practice? Uh, man, That's a really good question. Um, So martial arts essentially is is really a tool to master your mind, body and spirit. Right. So you're integrating that. So, you know, just the mental side of meditation and focus and whether you can want to call it chi or energy or spirit or force, um, that's a fundamental integration. And the other thing about martial arts that's so important and and it holds true for extreme sports is it's the idea of your own mastery, not the comparison to another Uh, Same within skateboarding. There's no limit to how good you can get at skateboarding. There's no limit to how good you can get in sport. And there's no limit to where you can take your business or life. Um, It's really about getting that clear goal and making it meaningful and enjoying the pursuit. So martial arts, you know, your body is your temple. So you you learn, you know, how to explore that, you know, And and it's not just like, you know, right now we have UFC and MMA, and that's competition. And that's all great. But you know, that's not the whole picture. Right? You don't go into martial arts so you can beat the crap out of the kid next door. It's really a way um – you know, to explore your own mastery. And so, you know, one of the things that I did is I tra- I went to China and I trained with 34th generation Shaolin masters. Um, they could all do extraordinary things, including one monk that could break uh, stone with two fingers. One of them could mash brick with his palm. They could all break uh, the, the sticks that they had, these metal, all these crazy things. And um, the training was extraordinarily difficult. And it was very, very simple And I interviewed one of the masters, the most amazing one that could, you know, break the stone with two fingers and do all these other things. And I'm like, trick, what's the trick? And there's a translator. She's like, no trick. He's like, come on, what's the trick, right? No trick. Again, he translated, I do it a third time and he just starts slamming his fingers down on the desk super hard. And he just says years, I can't remember how many years, but it was like six or eight years of hard Qigong conditioning his fingers and six, eight years of uh, Qigong meditation. And all these guys did was train. And that's when I realized that, you know, becoming superhuman um, couldn't be any more ordinary. What it is, is an, it's an extraordinary amount of commitment to a discipline. Right. And so that's when I realized, oh okay, uh, in, interesting. What if whatever idea that I had in my life, I dedicated that amount of time and energy to it it wouldn't matter what it was, I would achieve it. Right. But we're we're kind of looking right now culturally as this quick fix all the time. So um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know so yeah that's one of the so, I so what 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 was your sense of how this guy was was training his fingers?
0: Like I got I got two things from what you said. One was just like the sheer repeated act of strengthening the like the sinews, like the fascia and the muscles and the joints of his fingers. And then the second thing he said was like qiyong meditation so imagining that there's visualization work going into this and basically like like basically manifesting the capacity to do it by telling himself that he could do it i'm sure i'm just assuming here is that what you sensed
1: yeah, hundred percent. So one is one is conditioning the body, but through that that type of uh, like uh, so, you know qigong soft, you're really exploring the body's energy system. So it's the mm. ability to direct the energy, and there are levels and levels of levels of going within and mm. understanding what that means. And it's just not a common practice in the West, but it is in the East. And so I don't know where those limits are. I know that from my practices, which I've spent a lot of time in meditation trying like you said, I, I I like to go all in. So, you know, I did four months of reading, writing, meditating in Australia one time. Um, you know what I mean? That I've spent probably thousands of hours in it and, and there's these like subtle awakenings or experiences or understandings that you have. So, I don't know that, you know, how much time that he put in, but, you know, at least two hours a day while I was at the academy and apparently there's a really rigorous training. So, really, it's understanding that life force energy and directing it. And he can probably do it in a way he actually feels it within the body.
0: Mm. Yeah, man. Fascinating. So you've trained with Shaolin monks, you've been meditating for a long time. Uh, You train as a martial artist, give us some of the other ways that you experience flow or you uh, Yeah, let's just leave it like that. What are some of your favorite gateways into flow?
1: Uh, man. Yeah. Skateboarding for sure. Skateboarding, mm-hmm. snowboarding. Uh, I, I snowboarded in Worcester for eight years and was a professional coach and traveled around the world a little bit doing that. Um, so any extreme sport, anything with a board, I'm, I'm definitely happy to be on. I've seen you're pretty amazing uh, on the surfboard. So that's one of the ones that I'd like to, um, increase my, my skill with. So yeah, anything, anything with a board is good for me.
0: Nice, man. So at what stage I remember it was a very significant, shift in consciousness for me when i began to explore why why i loved sliding on snow or sliding on water like because if you think about it from one level it's from when my father watches me surfing it's it's like he just does not get it he's just like i I don't know I, i think he perceives it in the same way as as if you and i were to or maybe not, I was going to say you and I watched figure skating on, on television or curling on television, but even like, I think you and I can understand like the mind thing that's going on with, with anything. Right. But yeah. when, like, when you, when did you begin to realize that these, that these pursuits, did you always connect the dots between your martial arts practice and the things you were doing on a, on a skateboard or a snowboard?
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that's why, um, you know, that's how Zen Athlete came about. And even way before that, I had a website and I was teaching people when I was coaching Um, I called it like Zen snowboarding. I think it was snowboard Jedi at the beginning, but it didn't matter what I called it. All it was, was I couldn't understand how these incredible snowboarders didn't know how to visualize their tricks. They didn't know how to quiet their mind. They didn't know how to visualize their tricks. They didn't know how to get into the zone. And this is all stuff that I took from, for granted being a martial artist. I was like, you guys know how to, you're going to launch off this 70 foot jump and do like, you know, a switch 900 cork, whatever. And I'm just learning this. And I, you're like, holy shit. Um, and you don't know how to visualize your trick. You don't. You're not. You're not doing any of the stuff. I was like, you are insane. I was like, what do you do? And like, I just do it. I was like, oh my god. So I started to train these people on how to do this, and and people were were starting to progress a lot quicker because the thing. With extreme sports is that we don't have the luxury of doing it twice sometimes, especially if we're learning a trick, especially if that trick is even the highest case has never been done before. And uh, one of my athletes, like his name is Brody Carmichael. He's a freestyle motocross rider. And he hits me up because I'm coaching his friend Pat uh out in who is also a a professional on like the nitro circus said, Hey, I heard you're good. I fell on a front flip. So we talked for about an hour and I kind of like his mental game is pretty strong. And I go, bro, you don't need to read my book. You don't need to uh, do any of the course. All you actually have to do is visualize that front flip you want to do every day until you can know you can land it. It's going to take you about a week. And, um, so I goes, okay. So I, in the program, there's some guided visualizations. I I teed him up with those. Three weeks later, he lands the front flip on his motorcycle. Three weeks after that, the first front flip heel clicker ever done. Three weeks after that, the first front flip Superman ever done on a motorcycle landed at first try, didn't it practice it once? And um, so that idea of taking there's a necessity there, right? When we go about our daily lives and we're just kind of in the run, whether we're doing a business or we're doing a job. We don't, we don't have this necessity, so we just kind of stay in this hamster wheel loop. But if you applied that same necessity to any goal that you had and just applied a fraction of these peak performance, you know, flow state, visualization, mental game, that, that's a necessity, a hardcore necessity for an extreme athlete to do your le- – or the martial artist, right? Like the necessity to do qigong meditation for years to do something that the West is, is literally unbelievable. Right, and so even if you just add that in, you're you're operating at such a higher level. Mm. Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about visualization lately. It's it's.
0: I, I was thinking about how much it subconsciously forms one of one of the stacks of my of my mental conditioning, or my, I should say, my deep reconditioning process that is constantly going on. And I was thinking like this stack of meditation affirmations and visualization is, is is just like this triple whammy. Like the meditation gives you so much as the base is like priming the mind, the ability to to switch states. The affirmations is a form of like um verbal or like linguistic visualization in a way. Um working on the core of your belief systems, like being, like you can literally overwrite belief systems, create new belief systems. And the visualization piece. Uh, I believe is so undervalued in our culture. Um, And the the way I think about it is like this, like we've got this thing in the front of our, just behind our foreheads called the prefrontal cortex. And if you look around this, what, what we know of the biological world, like I don't see many things that are more complex or more powerful than this prefrontal cortex. Um, I could be wrong. You're, you're the guy to speak to about whether I'm wrong with that or not. Um, <laughs> my point is like this, what, one of the unique things that I think separates us from like a giraffe or an or a, or a iguana or a, or a rattlesnake is our ability to project into a perceived reality um, to project into maybe a desired future or even to project into the past, to project into any place on a timeline and to actually visualize, to imagine. Like, this capacity to imagine is unbelievably amazing and powerful. And I, I feel like this, you know, I, I work a lot with, with helping entrepreneurs um, to like create more lucid visions. Um, and part of the work around this is to add, fidelity to add texture to add nuance to add sensation to add emotions um so that these so that these visions become far more than like a like a movie kind of like real plan they become like a, a rich multi-dimensional experience but it seems like to me and i'm sure for you when i look at the, the current reality i live in i'm currently in a tree house um i'm currently living a couple hundred meters from really good surf and there's a sacred mountain here and whatever, whatever, whatever. Like it's all like the manifestation of a, of a, of a vision that I've previously held. Um, so I feel like this, this like, this like, um, pathway of visualization and visioning there's, it's so ripe. It's so, it's so, there's so much latent potential in there.
1: Don't you agree? Hundred percent. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is like the tip of the iceberg, man. You know, you touched on so so many great points. The thing is, um, so we're being conditioned from childhood, and we don't understand that. You're getting cultural programming. You're getting parental programming. You're getting school programming. um, But but most people are unaware of that. You can actually go into your own mind and there's a way to identify your limiting beliefs, understand your values. And then what you can do is you can create the beliefs and values and structure in your mind and your way of being, but we are never taught to even question it. So we become a product of our environment and other people's intentions, other people's, um, uh, like, like, you know, what they want you for a worker be right? You're not creating from this space. And so when you identify your limiting beliefs, which is not that hard, just figure out what the empowering beliefs are that you want. You can literally install them in your mind. And one of the ways is visualizations. One of the ways is affirmations, but the easiest way is uh, hypnosis. Um, and there's other things you can do as well. And hypnosis is super friggin' simple. You know, unlike the Zen athlete and book. I was like, it's so easy to do. Make yourself a guided meditation. Identify the beliefs and plug them in. And you're literally rewriting the code of your body. Your body is a, is just an advanced supercomputer beyond anything we can imagine. But you have to. Your consciousness is what writes the coding. So you need to take that time. But we're not first of all taught um, that we need to even analyze and check what coding we've we've gotten. Where those beliefs, those things, past memories, whatever. Two, how to identify the coding we want and how to install it so it sticks and it works. And three, which might be the most important, I don't know, they're all important really, um, what you're actually capable of. I like to use the expression that you are a dolphin conditioned to believe you're a goldfish. (laughs) <laughs> and some people are out there dolphining and jumping out of the water. And really what this gets down to for me is, is understanding the importance of living an extraordinary, remarkable, uh, life experience that you decide. And that has nothing to do with what you do for a job. Now that can be a part of it, but you need to rethink everything. You know, if you have got a million dollars every single day for the rest of your life, would you be doing what you're doing? And so who told you that you need to do this exact thing? And if you're doing it, you can, within one year, you can shift the whole thing. Maybe it's more time with your your family. Maybe you become a master musician, Um, but you re-identify everything and you decide for yourself, what a remarkable, extraordinary human experience is for you, and then go do it. And so, because w- when you die, you know, these are getting to like the important things. When you die, you're not going to look back and be like, oh, okay, great, I got to acquire these things and do this, and I got more bottom line. You're going to look at like, whoa, I had this opportunity to live. How did I live? And the important thing in that process is once you identify, what that extraordinary life experience is for you, what you want to do, how you want to grow, um, what you want to experience while you're here. Can you do it each and every day with a massive state of appreciation and love and joy and self-worth and fulfillment as you enjoy the process. So in sport, I just say your whole happy harmonious before you get the Stanley Cup winning moment. Um, And you live from that space, enjoying the process, really loving the process of it from a state of completion, not when I get this thing, then I'm okay. And I'm depressed and I'm anxious and got to get more. And life is about the to-do list, really rethinking everything about who you are and what it means to be alive. We're not questioning that. And that can offer up such space and freedom. And it's kind of like your computer hard drive. Everything you have is on automatic. So your computer turns on in the morning, you grab that coffee and you go, 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 and you don't have time for shit. And then you go to sleep. There's no space for that program. But what this does is it clears so much space that now you get to design it. And the thing is, it doesn't happen over a day. It doesn't happen over a week. You get a lifetime to create who you are. Mm -hmm. yeah bro
0: you just hit a uh, a flow current there didn't you (laughs) i just opened up a can of slow ass now um dude let's let's dive into some of these some 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 more peak performance um i don't even like to call it peak performance let's get comfortable on this idea of peak performance because there's so much bullshit around it um just like this idea of like Success. And, and you know what? My podcast is called the Flow State Performance Podcast. And sometimes I like cringe at the, at the use of the word performance. And then I'm just like, it's a fucking word. Just like re- reframe the word. Um, and I realized the other day, I was talking about human potential with a client the other day. And I noticed that he was like cringing every time I said human potential. I was like, what the fuck's up with that? And, and he can't handle those two words used in combination to him, it like creeps over his woo-woo meter or something. And I was like, I was like really stunned that someone would find language like that. So, so, uh, inaccessible. Um, but anyway, I'm sure you don't get that with any of the podcast people you get on your show. Um, but (laughs) let's dive into like performance, um, and some of your, some of like the, the ways you work with clients. So, um, my, my, my kind of way of looking at, the world is through this lens of flow and I feel like there's like expression or oppression of, of life force. And, um, I feel like fear is kind of like where it's at, like in terms, if you want to understand, um, what blocks the flow of life force and fear can show up in many, many different ways. Um, talk to me a little bit about, um, how, how you sort of like perceive Fear, because there's obviously a functional side to it. There's obviously a not so functional side to it. Um, we've got our bio- We've got biological responses to threatening situations or perceived threatening situations. How how do you work with, with clients with fear? Because the clients, some of the clients that you just described are facing like they're actually facing like life threatening uh, situations as their job.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a You know, the fear is the most fundamental thing. You know, people are living culturally uh, for the most part, our society lives in a fear consciousness, very primitive consciousness. It's co- it's competitive um, and everything outside of us culturally is perpetuating that. Right. You need to make this money so you have enough, uh, you know, in the reserve. So just in case something happens, you can go get food because if you don't get food, you die. Um, so we are perpetually in this fear consciousness. And again, you know, what you learn from extreme sports athlete who faces this necessity in real time. Um, it's really about, it's really about understanding. Okay. In sport, it would be, have you progressed enough? Are you, are you, um, you know, okay. So for Brody Carmichael, he's going to land the world's first. It's never been done for me. I've done a backflip on, you know, 30 foot jump, but now I'm looking at a 70 foot jump. Well, one of the easy things that I can do is I can visualize the crap out of it until I know I'm going to code that in my body. That's preparation, mental preparation of, of how to code a reality within my body. The other thing is internal dialogue. What am I saying to myself? If we understood, if we could get like this external, I, I can't wait until there's an app that gives us an external visual thing of what we say to ourselves, you know? So we have to say, you know, I am going to land this trick. I'm going to be able to be successful. Whatever that case is, but really understanding the easiest thing with fear because most of the things that people are afraid of aren't even real, right? That acronym, false evidence appearing real. You know, it's it's not even real. So if you have these fears, write them down. What is the worst case scenario? So I'll give you uh, like um, like one of mine was like a, I think last year like I ran out of my loan and I was like, oh god, like you know, I'm 30. 30 something and I don't have any money <laughs> shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to be able to pay this back. And I'm stressing out about money. And then I'm like, okay, wait a second. I was like, what's the worst thing that can happen? I'm like, okay, I'm Canadian. Um, worst thing that can actually happen is that somebody will call me on the phone. They'll ask for, me for money. I'll tell them I have it or I don't. Um, and I'll still be doing the podcast skateboarding every day. I'll be indoors and I'll have food and maybe I'll screw up my credit a little bit. Won't be ideal, but that's really nothing to be afraid of you know what i mean so write them all down get to know them because really where you put your attention you put your energy you put your focus so what it what's really important is that understanding that internal dialogue not letting it run so as you go one of the best things that i tell my clients to do is as you go through the day if you're feeling anxious stressed or feel fear, fearful have a bracelet start and then recognize oh i'm fearful take that bracelet, move it to the other wrist and either do three deep breaths and ask yourself, so what do I want? Okay. So I was like, Oh, I don't want to lose this client today. Cool. Recognize that. Um, Take the bracelet off, put it off. Say, I love the thought of um, landing this client and three other clients. That feels great because they're both equally possible. And now you're, you're working with the universe and you're, you're out of that fear state um, into more of a creator state. And then that also leads into surrender. You know, the, what, even if you became homeless, like people don 't really understand how friggin remarkable and multi dimensional they are we 're talking about like flow state and peak performance. How about like you know getting metaphysical and spiritual and connecting with like the universe and God in a real way, not like a man in the sky, but like this spiritual force that you can see in everything and you are working with. And you are like on the side of nature and spirit and you need to take that step first and miracles and all that kind of stuff happens because, you know, landing a trick that's never been done before, achieving your dreams, that's all well and good. But, you know, when you really identify something of service and meaning to you and you watch spirit and all this crazy shit happen because you're fully aligned with like universal source, that is the business, man. That is the
0: business. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that is the business of the
1: business (laughs) right yeah and you and you are now working with that but you will see miracles happen and so um you know like that's the tip of the iceberg of like achieving that goal but dr joe dispenza has a leading science on how people are are some extraordinary studies on how people are curing themselves of terminal illness through meditation you know what i mean the limits of our mind and what is possible is truly extraordinary so what if we understood all those things, got to a state of peace and kindness within, identified what our values were, explored what we were passionate about, and then moved and used all these peak performance things. So like, you know, as a practical thing, like in the books an athlete, I have like the Zen performance and it's just simple fundamentals and so it basically goes, uh, dedication, goal setting, focus, meditation, visualization, belief, simulation, and fitness and nutrition. You take that same model to your business. Well, if you don't have a healthy body, your business doesn't matter. Screw your business. And you won't thrive as much if you're healthy. If you don't have a healthy body, if you don't mm-hmm. know how to set clear goals, it's not that hard. You can decide you set a goal. You measure it. It's not that hard. How dedicated are you? This is where people mess up. They have an idea, but they're doing it out of a fear-based idea. This is what gets me money. Now that's all well and good and great, but like, what about if you dedicated to something that you're passionate as crap and you got five, 10 years to explore what the heck you're capable of, you know, and then you focus, meditate, visualize, and then you identify the beliefs. So it doesn't matter what you want to believe. Okay. So you want to be the best business guy in the world. Great. Easy. What does Richard Branson believe about business? What are all, what are, what do the leaders in business believe? Identify those beliefs and then encode them in your own programming. And then now that's your fundamental operating system. Step one, you have all the money in the world. Great. What does that mean? What's next? Achieving money in business, that's just simple. Living a life that has meaning, purpose, uh, fulfillment, uh, that's extraordinary to you. That's also simple, but it takes more of a leap of faith and you can do both.
0: Yeah, bro. Let's talk more about connection to source, the business, the pointy end of the sharp stick of the business. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it's all about. Let's let's drill into this because. Um, <clears throat> all right, all right. Where shall we start? Okay, let's let's frame. I, I want to invite you to frame this concept as if you were to explain it to someone who's got a high allergy to. Uh, pseudoscience um and I want you to I challenge you or invite you it's not a challenge it's an invitation my friend um to to, to talk about this area um uh, in a, in a way that that aligns with your personal experience so like a story or a, 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 like when did you first uh, experience this thing that you have described as connection
1: to source oh connection to source okay that's a good one um, okay allergic to source um forget the allergy let's just go to story yeah, time yeah like i want yeah, to know story. like yeah, yeah like talk to me about some of
0: your experiences um, okay that's of, different of connection to source
1: yeah so well to answer kind of the first question it's just like how do you wake up and feel good you know your connection with source or nature or whatever that's your own thing um go out to nature just go out into nature and enjoy it you know source is just um, you know, it's, it's very unique and personal, just religion. I have a little bit of a beef with because, um, of, you know, anything that gets you closer, great. But a lot of my age and your age is kind of put it aside because of these rules and regulations and and some of that stuff, maybe, maybe not so good. Um, so for me, connection to source, uh, through meditation, definitely have had some pretty profound experiences. Um, I don't, I told you, I think I told you about that experience at Envision that was super um, gnarly one time in meditation um, you know I popped out of my body and became one with everything and that's all great but but you know i've had multi-dimensional experiences that are super nuts and if you people want to know about that there's one on YouTube I put uh, my multi-dimensional experience with thoth and it was real and it was super messed up and I have no idea what was going on i've been visited by orbs I have them on film it was super messed up i've had a lot of shit that's messed up but for me, connection to source and like it's paying attention to reality and doing good things, doing acts of kindness, like literally just being present, being a good friggin human being, and seeing the mirror of what comes back that to me is connection with source, but people and experiences it'll the the stuff that lines up is just so ludicrous that you know that there's some sort of intelligence communicating and like you know, giving you a, I call them a universal wink.
0: What do you mean? Um, so let me just like drill down on that. So are you, are you saying like when you are kind and compassionate, you experience a different, you, you experience evidence that you have tapped into something. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah. Like it, you know, if you were talking about some, something very specific one day, then you're like helping some guy on the side of the road or whatever. And they'll bring up like the same very specific random thing, whether it's song or movie or reference, you know, out of nowhere that maybe you were talking to your friend on the phone with or something, just like stuff like that all the time. And, um, you know, you experience these things over and over and and they become, Or the way you get supported, you're like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take a leap of faith and, you know, this I know is going to help people and I'm going to move forward and, and take these action steps. And in these action steps, you know, someone will be like, Hey, yeah, you know, my friend Tom used to be this, you know, business guy and he was really great and he shifted things. And all of a sudden now he has this even bigger company, but they, you know, save the rainforest and they make hemp t-shirts or something. And now he's even more successful. And you'll be thinking about transitioning in the exact friggin' same way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You'll get a mirror from the conscious from the universe saying, hey, we hear what you're thinking. Like the universe is on your side. When you start to think of benefit to other people, you know, the universe, source, nature, all of the friggin' jungle of Lion King, every bird, every fungus, everything on the planet is on your side when you want to contribute to other people. And then you see magic and then that those serendipities and those things and those stuff that that's for me, what source is, you're like, Oh my God, like there's no way you can't even make that shit up. Right. But it'll be unique for you because you'll be the one thinking it, putting it out there, transitioning from your own experience, creating from your own experience, um, getting your own universal winks, but what it, what you have to do is get clear on what that is and take the action steps. You move first and then spirit and source and, and nature will, will kick in and not in some sort of weird metaphysical way, just in just a way that you're like, Oh, that's weird. That's weird. But it becomes normal. And that's, you know, for the clients that I've worked with and, you know, a lot of the podcasts and people reach out, they will be like, you know, people think I'm, I, ah, People think I'm crazy. Actually, you won't think I'm crazy. Like, check this out. I'm like, yeah, that's just normal stuff. Like, that's you're gonna get more of those confirmations. I don't know if that was pretty vague, but
0: no, 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 that was great, man. So it sounds to me you're you're talking about um, what some might call synchronicities, meaningful coincidences, uh, manifestations, like things happening, showing up in 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 reality that um, feel like there is an element of like. Meaning and uh, profundity that defy laws of physics, I guess, in in a way. Um, yeah,
1: logic, reason, and um, um, like uh, what is that? Like uh, coincidence are like one in a million? You know, it's like this yeah. is like a like we've both been to Burning Man, right? You have. I've, oh, you haven't. Oh, I've, shit, I've, you haven't I've, been. I've only been there by projecting from my portal. Um, oh well anyone who goes to burning man kind of that's yeah you got to get your butt there anyone who goes to burning man knows it's experience and people who do not believe in law of attraction like law of attraction is horse shit there isn't f that you know they will go within three four days they'll talk about playa magic and that's when just like you'll be sitting there and you will be like oh my god like and you'll just think in your mind you'll just go i need scissors to fix this thing you'll turn behind you and some dude will be wearing some crazy tutu with these huge... It won't be exactly the scissors you want to be, like these huge like hedge clippers or something. <laughs> like, hey, man, like, can I borrow those? I'm like, yeah, he'll turn around and he'll fix the thing that you have... And like, you know, you'll go about your day and you'll be thinking something just in your mind and then will happen in physical reality. And I wrote a, an article um, that was basically like, uh, what's right with Burning Man, Ethereum frequency and vibration, trying to explain what's happening in this portal. But, you know, most of the people you'll talk to go to Burning Man and be like, bro, magic happened like four times with the one of the guys I camped with was a former military guy. It took me all week to get a normal hug from him. It was like a sideways bro hug first, right? A tap. Oh yeah. And then it was like something else and something else. And I I was like, dude, by the end of the week, you're going to be a proper hug. It's going to be two arms around. There's going to be a squeeze. It's not going to be awkward. Um, and this guy was like a straight arrow as it gets. And like, you know, by Thursday, he's like, dude, what the hell is with this playa magic shit? And everybody has two or three stories of just stuff that um, it's just so ridiculous. So I think there's a vortex there where it happens a lot quicker. And um, you know, I basically, my theory was that, you know, we're in our heart, You know, 70,000 people are more or less in their heart because one of the tenets of Burning Man's giving. So everybody's trying to give to you. So you're very collaborative. So I think that there's a heart resonance that literally creates a, a increased electromagnetic field that that the community is more cooperative. It's it, nature is taking care of itself. So when you're out in the world, it takes a bit more time to get that reaction, that law of attraction thing. There's a little bit more space, a little bit more faith that it takes, but it will come back. And then you'll experience it. You'd be like, oh my God, you know, Dr. Joe and his work where people are, you know, curing themselves of these terminal illnesses, um, you know, cancer, all these different things that are incurable through meditation. He'll say, do a meditation an hour a day on something completely friggin' random so that when it happens, you know, it was from the universe and, you know, people have story after story of just going into a meditative state of about, like getting something random and then it happens. So that's you interacting with, with, um, the electromagnetism of the universe Trees are communicating. Everything's alive. Everything's communicating, mm-hmm. right? So if you just want to see it from a scientific perspective, you could just, you know, uh, he, I like one of the things he says is your thoughts are the electrical, um, the electrical signal to the, um, to the field and your emotions are the magnetic signal to the, ele- into the electromagnetic field of, of the universe. And so that makes sense to me.
0: Yeah, totally, man. It it definitely makes sense to me. That's that's a cool. Thank you for sharing that about the plier magic. That's um, that's interesting. I think a lot of people listening will have felt um, been in similar containers or, or, or similar spaces where there is just a, a a completely different energy and and in those spaces, different things happen. I think we can all we, we can all feel into that one. One of the things that I am passionate about is. Turning all forms of human gathering and from companies, tribes, teams, um, startups, organizations, governments um, into such kind of like portals, turning them into these places of of heart resonance. Um, what do you feel is Obviously, you mentioned contribution. Obviously, this is a conscious. This is an individual consciousness thing. Like, I know the answer to this question, but what do you feel like? A, a, like some of, some of the ways that um, when you think about the work I do, let me phrase this question differently because I know you have you, you don't work in this particular area of company. So, so let me come to you, Matt. Um, I've got this challenge uh, or this opportunity to turn uh, companies into uh, organisms of higher consciousness. Now. You, coming from your perspective of not yet working with companies, what are some of the things that pop up in your consciousness when I think about that, when you think about that opportunity?
1: That's a good question. The first thing that that comes up for me is, is um, thinking about just how the workplace communicates with each other. Um, mm. So, you'd be kind of thinking about, um, you know, just being a, a cooperative a cooperative work environment. So, you know, just ha- and not even have like rules, um, suggestions we suggest to be, um, cooperative and, and open-minded. We suggest that, uh, you be supportive to your fellow worker, um, mindfulness in the workplace. You know, I would implement, um, mindfulness breaks, 10, 15 minutes, you know, throughout the day, people think that you need to work, but you're not as productive, like mindfulness as a part of the practice, um, training employees in mindfulness and and continued education. Um, And then really what it is, what it really comes down to is coming to an enjoyable work experience. And that's going to be the individual. So if somebody comes in, we've all had that experience where, you know, you're at a party or whatever, and then somebody comes in and and they just bring the life of the party down. Or somebody comes in and it's a dull party. And then all of a sudden the life of the party goes up. Well, if you have a collective of people that are downers, that are negative, that are um, always see the worst, that's what your company culture is going to be. So you need to figure out a way to to cultivate a, a company culture where they are appreciated actually, where you actually truly a tr- appreciate your employees where there's great communication between your employees and you can teach them how to communicate with each other in a productive way um, where you're conditioned to understand your internal dialogue. So, you know, like, so everybody was like, okay, we're going to do a lesson on um, understanding what your internal dialogue is. Every time you're thinking something negative about another employee or about the situation at work, we want you to stop and want to think about what the outcome is and how we can go together to achieve that if you are going to talk to an employee that you are pissed off about we want it to be a company suggestion that you take three deep breaths figure out where you're responsible and come from a non-confrontational point point of view and there's a there's a really simple tactic that you can do is look there's the the agreement of what is right what is is that you've been asked to do this task Um, The what is, is you did not complete this task. Uh, My interpretation is you slacked off and my feeling is this. Then we get into ego and story and that's where shit gets all messed up. Right, and so then you can communicate in these ways where it's not confrontational. What action step can I take, or we take, to support you in achieving this agreement to get this collaborative task done? But really, it's it's a it's a deeper cultivation of each of those individuals knowing that when they go to work, they have a they have a support. Each person there is um, like a high vibe person, and that comes from you know maybe you're one of the expressions I've heard recently, and I love is like, you can't, you can only give from an overflowing cup, right? So if you're trying to give from an empty cup, then it's, you know, it's not very good. So how do you, how do you really care about each individual, you know, and then have a company culture where people actually care about each other. And so that could be, you know, spending time on doing events, right? You know, on Saturday, we're going to do a barbecue and we're going to get to know each other. We're going to get to know your families, you take time for that. You take time to be friggin' human. You know what I mean? And machine and cultures are very, they can be very robotic. Um, I, this is just r- 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 yeah. random. Bring it like, you know, the humanness and, you know, have, have once a week, you know, is another simple thing. Have once a week, the end of Friday, you have an expert come in and coach for an hour, an expert on mindfulness, right? That's a part of what you do. There's a company in Canada called Shopify And the reason why they're kicking all kinds of righteous ass so fast is because they really do adopt some of these principles, a lot of time and energy into cultivating um, the energy of their employees, right? Really actually giving a crap, you know, testing them, but also giving time for them to develop their skills. And now the company is, you know, kicking all kinds of butt. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Thanks, man. The reason why I ask you is because I know that you're not yet or in this field. I know that, I don't know if you ever will be, but I I, I value um, what I'd call like original wisdom or first principles thinking, zero point consciousness, like where you, where you don't have any sort of like academic tilt to what you're saying, but it's, it's just like you're it's it's like I don't know if you've heard of the Kogi tribe in Colombia or watched the documentary Aluna, but they have a sacred sect of human beings like the chosen ones and they bring they raise them in a cave until they're 18 years old so they don't even see they, they just are in darkness so obviously there's lots of pineal gland uh, activation and then they are only exposed to very small amounts of like wisdom but they're not but when they come out at 18 years old they're just completely unconditioned so they see the world with like this raw wisdom right this this raw like uh, purity and that was what I was tapping into there when I, when I asked that question. Um, and you've never worked in the corporate world either, have you?
1: Uh, a little bit. A li- not, not in that thing, but I have, I have been around like corporate environments, but I don't come in as like a trainer. I, <laughs> I kind of like see, you know, yeah, I, I see yeah. the way that my mind works is like an eagle archetype. I just kind of overview. Yeah. So, you know, some of the organizations I have helped with is uh, like, you know, I did some volunteering with Resonant Science, some of the marketing stuff. Um, sync tuition which is binaural beat gamma wave entrainment and that's one thing i would suggest for people to do uh, twenty 23 minutes they use binaural beats to get into the gamma wave um, and you know if you have a whole organization get people on that because they're going to be more productive so there's technologies as well so it's consciousness technologies and like understanding what a human is and then there's actual technologies like binaural beats and things like that which i am all for and that's what my podcast is for too to find the real business you know To do that. Um, But one of the other ones I want to shout out real quick is the International Tribunal for Natural Justice. I had a, I did a, you know, when people ask me what I do, I say I'm 100% of service to humanity. And uh, one of the backgrounds I have is is marketing because I wanted to be able to, you know, market and have passive income and travel and shit. Um, But I learned crowdfunding and I was crowdfunding um, uh, VP of marketing for a couple years of uh, Extreme Sports athlete company and, um, the international tribunal reached out. They needed help. And what they look at as human trafficking, the sex trade and, uh, the numbers of it were absolutely staggering. And they recently did a, um, an inquiry in london that was official and it's blowing up now and they had um accounts things like this so i i volunteered to help their crowdfunding, and um you know to get that exposure out so you know that's a really incredible thing that just happened on the planet um that this is out there was happening i think it was in may um it's out now and now now things are moving because this planet's a very fascinating place there's a lot of darkness and there's a lot of light and I think that we have an extraordinary opportunity to make a difference in this world. And you make a difference over a lifetime of choices, not a, not a day. And when you come from heart consciousness, understanding that you're an eternal being, that you, when the mirror comes up it's not going to be a bearded dude in the sky or Muhammad or anything else or it could be all of them I don't know I, I really don't know is my perception of kind of being on the other side of the definitely mirror definitely going to have
0: a white beard bro he's definitely yeah. going to be wearing robes come
1: on it's going to be one of them I, th- I think there's like a, the Simpsons or something where like I just imagine dying and it's like one of the gods it's like oh it was you the whole time shit I got the wrong one <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah. um, but like whatever that consciousness is I from my viewpoint it's gonna be the mirror looking at you and I can I had this experience I've had a couple near-death experiences but the most recent one um I was uh in Sedona climbing Bell Rock with my girlfriend at the time and um we got we were right near the top and we followed the guy up the wrong place. really he's like six foot three and he went up the wrong spot and we were following he's like yeah this is where you go. I get my girlfriend up to this point and then instantly I make this move and I realize I've effed myself so hard. I am in a very precarious position and I got to get her down and I look and I almost freak out and kind of like make this move like out of fear to get to the next level. Like out of a leap of faith, I didn't have any footholds or anything. And then I had to calm down. I took a few deep breaths and like, Oh shit, I have definitely effed myself. Um, If I fell back, it was about 15 feet to super steep. And then like really, really steep. There's no way I'm going to be able to stop myself. And then it goes down about a hundred feet and then it drops off about 30 feet. Um, So I'm screwed. And, uh, so I literally have to process my death long story short. I do the leap of faith and like slide my foot down and it works out. I almost fall down. I got to get my girlfriend now off this thing and I'm not safe yet. I got two tiny footholes and she's coming down forward and I want her to put her because the rock is, it's like a, it's like a bowling ball. There's nothing to hold on to. And so I want her to go down on her stomach because if she, she's facing me and her knees are going to push me out and I'm still not safe. So if she hits me with her knees, I'm going to fall back. And I'm imagining in my mind, if she slips, I'm going to use my hand and pin her to the wall. So her back sticks, and then I'm going to attempt a backflip. So that way, because I'm going to be falling backwards, I can't just fall straight back. But if I push her hand and I jump out and I do a backflip, I might be able to starfish on the landing. It'll probably be then two flips to starfish, you know, jiu-jitsu break fall. And that's going to be my best opportunity to survive. And this is going through my mind also thinking like, oh shit, maybe this was some sort of karmic contract that I'm going to kill this person and her parents are going to be pissed at me. And so all that shit is going through my mind. Um, she slides down and kind of I almost fall off, but it's okay. Get down. And then we're sitting there not talking for a little bit. And I go, did you process your death? Did you go through like, you know, did you, you had to, we basically both had to make peace with our death to then make a move, take an action. Um, and she goes, yeah. And I was like, what do you think? She's like, you know, I wish that I had done a lot more stuff. And she goes, what happened for you? And I was like, Honestly, the first thought that went through my mind was, I guess my work was done. And it it was cool because it was the first honest thought that I had. I didn't have like regrets. And for me, it was like looking at the, uh, you know, I've made mistakes and, you know, all kinds of shit like that. But it was like looking at this opportunity to live in the best way that I knew how, making my own rules following what excited me, living out of passion and heart consciousness and service rather than, you know, I say like... You can't be fulfilled just trying to take shit from people. You know, there's, 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 there's no amount of things that you can take from another person where you will be actually fulfilled. And I'm not judging if that's the, the path that you're on. I'm just suggesting that, you know, when the mirror comes up and you're going to die, and that's a guarantee, you know, how are you going to feel about the process of life? And did you really consider how fucking powerful you were? How you had the ability that every single day, you know, with the monks, 10 years, like you don't know guitar or piano. Imagine playing, practicing piano every day for 10 years. You'll be a master pianist in 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. We think so short. What can you do over a lifetime? Um, and that's actually a, a play. I have this uh, heart journey meditation that I created for a friend of mine that he's so analytical. I is like, I always ask everyone, if you were infinite and you could do anything, if you had a million dollars a day for the rest of your life, what would you do with your time? And this guy would say like, you know, terrible answer. So I basically did a mix of like a chakra meditation, hypnosis. I hypnotized him into his heart because our number one programming with consciousness is survival. For us to survive, we need to eat. For us to eat, we need to make money. So if we want to live our highest potential, we can't figure out how to make money. Our consciousness is going to divert and change and distort that answer by at least 10%, if we're lucky, probably way more, because it's like, no, dummy, you're not going to make any money from being an artist, you're going to kill me. Um, But your heart knows you're eternal. And it also knows it's linked up with everything that grows the trees, the sun, it knows the entire universe and cosmos is on your side. And you have that infinite intelligence dolphin wisdom to create whatever the heck you want. And that's what you're here to do. So when you go in, I've done this with like 30 people and most of them have most as a 90% of cried. I've done it with multimillionaires, um, and average Joes and they all want the same thing. They want to be around nature. They want to be with good people. Um, and they want to do something that inspires them. They all want the exact same thing. And what happens is they let go of a lot of the stuff that they felt were more was more important. And so that's for free on, um, SoundCloud. It's called the heart journey experience. You can just listen to that. And, um, You know, what it does is it hypnotizes you into the eternal wisdom of your heart, which is connected to all source and all nature. So you can get a little bit of clarity because it's not an overnight switch. It's just a little bit. You know, just add a little bit, a little bit of what you're passionate about each week, not, not, not go, you know, if you haven't worked out in 20 years, don't go ham and do a CrossFit, you know, maybe just start with a jog and, but you know, over time you're going to, you can, you can create whatever the heck you want. So I ranted super hard there. Yeah,
0: there you go, bro. That rant I will call the infinite intelligence dolphin wisdom spiel. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and the the call to action there is to go to SoundCloud and listen to Matt's Heart Journey Experience, which is on your Matt Belair SoundCloud channel, right?
1: Yeah, there's there's three. Um, there's the explanation, then there's the experience, which is in an hour, which is an hour, and then there's the daily one. And the idea of this is the same thing with uh, you know teaching these athletes. If you want to land a trick that's never been done, visualize that trick an hour a day. If you want to heal yourself of any disease, Doctor Joe Dispenza's work suggests that an hour a day of meditation, every single day, going beyond the point of consciousness, directing your own consciousness, connecting to infinite intelligence, you can heal yourself of stuff that they say you can't. And there's many stories coming out of his work of people doing that. Now you take that same concept and get clear on what. What is your ideal life for real with no boundaries? Because it's really, people don't, it's not that complicated actually. What is your ideal life? How would you wake up if you had a million dollars a day every day for the rest of your life? You plug that shit in every single day. Well, guess where your butt will be in a few years? It will be pretty damn close. You know, if you give yourself five years of time, but the thing is we're so wrapped up in the current experience of what is now in a fear state of perpetuating the nonsense that we're in. We don't give our t- ourselves that time and space to even consider what we, we could do if we can just get ourselves um, a gasp of air in this craziness that's going on. But the thing is, it's a perceived craziness. It's the illusion, it's Maya. And um, I've gotten really clear lately about, um, you know, Maya is, is the illusion. And what I think the illusion in it, illusion is, is just thinking that all this fear state stuff is real. All it is, is figuring out who you, what, what do you value in this life? Um, what do you want to do and go do that? And then you're out of the illusion, but it, it doesn't make it easy. It actually makes it harder in some ways, but it's much more beautiful, much more rewarding.
0: Thanks, brother. Maya, if it's made in the mind, it can be destroyed in the mind. And yes, that is the process of expanding one's consciousness. That brings us to the end of our beautiful drop-in, my brother. Um, please share with others. No, hold on one second. We got, a, we got, a, we got, some, we got some juice to, to cover. Okay, so you're doing some um, the spiritual equivalent of Navy SEAL training with a Native American elder, and you're in Maine. Um, learning with this guy just in a in a just in a few sentences. Just give us the overview of of what called you there and what you're doing there, and why.
1: Yeah, that's a huge, huge rabbit hole. Um, for me, I've. I've I want to find the most extraordinary people on the planet. If Nikola Tesla's here, I want to find him. If Jesus Christ is here, I want to find him. Um, if Bruce Lee's here, I want to find him, and I want to train with him. I'm looking for these leaders. Uh, when I met David Lone Bear, uh at Gem and Jam, he was an extraordinary individual saying extraordinary things. Uh, he was on my podcast three times, and I've I've seen and heard and witnessed extraordinary things. And I'm like, you're being honest, aren't you? Yeah. He's like, yeah, I am. Um, He spent the first 26 years of his life on a mountain being taught by over 600 elders from around the world. He was told he's the native elder of the Megamon Nation and was told to bring these teachings to the non-natives. And um, so, uh, you know, you think, you know, you think it's just, uh, you know, kind of primitive. We we think native elder uh, primitive. He was taught a different form of math. He was taught a different form of science, a different form of engineering. Robert Grant, my friend that I spoke of earlier, I had Robert Grant check his math. Robert Grant has just had his math proofed, or however that works, um, that these these breakthroughs that happened um, are real. They're proven now. It's legit. Uh, I sent him math from from David, and Robert's like, this is 100% legit. He's going to come see him. Um, and I think that David's math is beyond him. He has the world record for putting unmanned balloons into space. Um, and it, the first three star teachings are kindness, compassion, and happiness, but you got to do it to yourself first. You got to be kind to yourself. You got to be compassionate to yourself. You got to be um, happy. And what I would, I would implore and just beg, sure. I'll say beg, I beg of you to do one of these two things, three acts of kindness a day for a week or one act of kindness for 21 days. Um, and see what happens. Just do that test and go out of your frigging way to do it. And this is what I was talking about, the universal winks, Uh, give money to a homeless man every single day. I used to be like, okay, I'm going to give money to a homeless man. If I got a dollar and it's perfect and not on my way, I've been, I've been chasing homeless people down, to drop 20 bucks. And I have not had, I'm actually getting more money now because if you're an electrical magnetic system, you know, but people are like, oh, well this and that, you know, maybe they're going to spend it. Who cares? Don't, don't worry about that. Get their name. So acts of kindness can be hold the door open, let somebody in in traffic, get someone's name that counts. Pay it forward. If you're going to get a coffee, uh, buy two and just tell them to gift it to somebody. There's many different ways. Reach out to somebody you haven't talked to, but do three acts of kindness a day for a week and then journal about it. But don't tell anybody about it because then it can kind of get into ego. The idea is to that in the action, and this is what he's explained to me because he's a scientist. He's like, a lot of your people are so heavenly minded, but no earthly good. And um, in his community and stuff where it came from, if you needed something, you just did it. And so imagine if everybody were looking out for everybody. Imagine if that were a cultural norm to be kind to another it 's so friggin simple, but do the actual a- action and, the, and there's um there 's an electromagnetic charge to that, and that 's how you actually increase your DNA, increase your consciousness through the actual action got to do an action now beyond the Navy seal training, he was trained. He trained what are otters, which is the na- native version of Navy SEAL. And uh, it's freaking intense as shit. Um, I've been getting beat up. I have to do a lot of running. Um, it's a different form of martial arts. One of the ways that I knew he was for real as well is I, he had nunchucks at his house. I was pissing around with him because I know a little bit with nunchucks and stuff like that. He grabs him and he looks like freaking Bruce Lee. He's got a thing on a lead ball with a, with a, it's a certain knot on the end and it can go like it's a like 30 feet. He's like a ninja with it. He's a ninja with like all this training and stuff. Like he's for real. And all he wants to do is share the star teachings, which, which all make perfect sense has technologies that he says he's willing, um, to share with, but it has to be built built by communities. Um, And uh, he's, you know, check out the podcast with him, look into it, do your own research. But the most extraordinary man I've ever met, and that's why I'm here, because when I want to learn and I see it, I go right in to find out if it's real. I was in the king's chamber in Egypt with some of the smartest people on the planet ranked to figure out what was going on. That's what I figured out. I was in China with the Shaolin monks to see if it was possible, real, Um, from everything that I can see from him. You know, he's got pictures with the Dalai Lama. Um, He has a few inventions. So he's extraordinary. So check him out. Check out those podcasts. Help him. He's amazing. Reach out to me. Uh, If you want to help me help him, do acts of kindness, um, three acts a day for seven days. And I promise you, you'll get a universal wink, especially if you go talk to homeless talk to the homeless, just get their name, get their story. Thanks brother. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> so Sorry. I could, I could go on and on and <laughs> on. So I try to be quick, but yeah, truly, truly like mind blowing. Wow, All right,
0: brother. I honor you for your commitment to your mission to, to find and learn from um, the highest consciousness being on this, on this planet, bro. You're a true inspiration. Uh, not only for your beard, but just for your general <laughs> kindness and for just just being an all-around epic human being. I can't wait to hang with you again soon, man. Um, let's make it happen soon. Um, bro, where can everyone find your work?
1: Uh, go to uh, zenathlete.com, and then you can also go to mattbelair.com. If you're more of the the uh, regular-minded people, the Zen athlete, or the Matt Belair one would freak you out with my banner, but it's like my Burning Man wizard Thanks. I am a regular human as well. So don't let it freak you out. But um, yeah, you can check out the podcast there and just look at titles because you can go from physicists, scientists, spiritual leaders, um, but go down the rabbit hole. I highly recommend starting with David Lone Bear, um, looking at, you know, the, the Um, sending balloons into space and checking the research. If you do the research, you're gonna come up to a hard wall of this shit is for real. And there's a lot of interesting stuff coming down the pipe on this planet. Very, very interesting stuff. Um,
0: by the way, you're you're not a regular human being, but we'll just (laughs) I'll Uh, do my best. (laughs) (laughs) Cool, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show, brother. It's been an honor.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You too, man. I love you too. And everything that you're doing, I love and I don't know if you quit it, but I love you. I honor you. I respect you. You're the real deal, man. I always appreciate talking to you.
0: Yeah, brother. Thanks for listening to the flow state performance podcast. I hope you enjoyed that flowing conversation with Matt Belair. Um, such a interesting, fascinating human being. And he's so evident that he's coming from a beautiful place of contribution and um i love the way his explorations go and i love his commitment to f- finding the people who with the wisdom that he, that he feels is most relevant for his expansion and then just tracking them down and studying with them right now he's in maine in a log cabin where he is doing a, an immersive training with a native american elder who's passing down wisdom from uh his ancestry uh We didn't even get a chance to dive into some of the amazing things that have been shared to him, but this is like paradigm-busting, mind-exploding breakthroughs and technologies that uh, Matt is gaining access to. If you uh, enjoy the Flow State Performance Podcast, make sure you have a listen to the rest of the shows. You can find us, you can connect with me on Flow Tribe, which is a Facebook group. Uh, You can also send me an email, jiro at flowstate.co, if you've got any people that you'd like to be interviewed, if you've got any questions, if you want to connect with me. I also coach, mentor, serve as an advisor to founders, particularly tech founders, if this is you. If you're building a company and you want this company to be in flow, if you yourself want to exist in a state of flow, then this is what I do. I help people redesign their lives and their inner architecture to exist in this higher state of flow consciousness. If that is something that you want to explore with me, just shoot me an email, giro at flowstate.co. Until next time, have the most beautiful week. Bye.